You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Hey, yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. I'm your boy, Al Mega. Welcome one and all. Today, I'm excited. I'm talking to one of my fellow crusaders. He is an indie crusader. He is a co-pilot on a thick indie podcast. I own Thundercats. He is an independent comic book creator that got a dope project live now on Kickstarter. Let me introduce the one, the only, the very talented Mr. Paul Rabbit Gomez. Hey. How are you doing? How's it going, Al? Thank you for having me. And it's it's I just really want to say thank you for having me on you know, these great shows that you basically host and have us for so we can talk and get things out there to all the people out there. Nah, brother, it's, it's my pleasure and honor to work with such talented folks. So let me say this, brother, happy birthday! <laughs> the homie you. over here doing a show on his birthday, instead of partying right now, he, yeah. he, he wants to go ahead and tell you guys about the greatness of the Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries numbers one and two. Kickstarter, hey, yeah. I can't wait to get into that. But Paul, you know what up? You know what this is? We need that origin story. We need to know the roots, the roots of where you're from. So let us know where you are from and, and uh, what were your first taste of fandom? Well, you know, I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. I've lived in Texas all my life, so I'm a true Texan, I think. Uh, whenever I started in comics, it was really at an early age. But the one that really grabbed me the most was an, an X-Men annual. And it, it had a story of Bishop in the back. And it really wasn't even the front stories. It was that Bishop story that kind of grabbed me and pulled me in. And I remember after reading that issue, I just had to go out there and get every issue that had Bishop in it. And it just happened that he was just debuted, I think, about four or five issues before that annual. So it was it was kind of easy to catch up to where his story was, his and uh, Trevor Fritzroyd and, and all that good stuff of the time traveling and all that. And it really pulled me into comics because after that, I started reading a, a wide variety of things. My friends started picking up stuff and I kind of had the best of like three worlds because me and two of my best friends, we all love different things. And I got to read everything, you know, oh, and, nice, nice. you know, that's where I kind of jumped into comics whenever I started loving it at an early age. Yeah. So, but was, was it introduced to you by anyone in specific or something that you found on your own? Well, it was that X-Men, and it really was, you know, uh, Jim Lee and Chris Claremont kind of X-Men kind of stuff. I, my my friend started reading uh, Spider-Man at the time, and I think that's when uh, Todd started doing uh, the simple Spider-Man uh, title. And, you know, I got to I got to enjoy all that. And I loved the, the Valiant, Valiant, and especially the Unity series. And, and well, uh, yeah, and it was... <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, tons of stuff that came out. Of the, obviously, you know, Image came out a few years later, and it was just all this stuff that hit me right away, and, and I just fell in love with it. One of my friends, he loved, like, indie stuff, and he loved Dark Horse and, and no-name kind of comic books. So I got, I got to read but a no lot name of that in your opinion. <laughs> yes, in my opinion at the time. At the, at the time, yeah, I understand that because, you know, you know, with Marvel, DC, the big boys, and then yeah. we started seeing, like you said, the valiance and the images, you know, the dark horses start stepping up, and you're like, what is this? Yeah. This isn't where Spidey or Hulk or Superman is at. So, yeah, you know, we, we were kind of biased and leaning towards the big two, but, you know, obviously as we got older, we, we appreciated those other labels a whole lot more. <laughs> exactly, and, and since one of my friends, like I said, he really was more of the... the non-mainstream i guess he he would look for stuff that was odds and ends kind of stuff so i got to read a lot of the stuff that he had and you know it was it wasn't about just reading what i i had or what i could buy it was being able to read everything that was out there so i i loved comics at, at an early age i did step away from it at a time but i luckily i started introducing my kids into comics right before all this craziness started happening in the world and Whenever that stuff happened, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened in my life, including getting laid off and my kids getting sick and us being stuck at home. And, and I wanted to kind of lift the morale of my kids. So originally making comics was a, a household thing just to lift the morale. 
and we were just going to do it for kind of a household project. It just so happened that one day we went to a comic store and they had a, a local artist who was doing a line on, on his own uh, Undisputed Territory. His name is Mike Henson, and he's actually on one of the covers, the Bushy Boo hey. Circus Mysteries number two. And I was Shout honored. Out Mr. Henson. <laughs> yeah, I was honored, honored that he actually would do a cover for me because whenever I, I did meet first meet him and sat down and talked to him, he's like, look, you can do it as a household project. You, you could do it as a project that would, could sit on a bookshelf at a store. And he's like, these are the steps that you kind of need to go to if you want to do that. And he gave me his card and we sat down and talked for hours. And he was like, if you ha have any questions or anything, give me a call. And that's what I did. And it just kind of jumped from a household project at that time to a project that we decided we wanted to put a book on a, a bookshelf at a comic store. And, I'm digging that. Because I think you're one of the first creators I've ever had on that actually says, well, this actually started as kind of a, a, a kid's project to keep them busy. And then yeah. you go, wow. Yeah, nice. yeah. We, we sat down. It was crazy because they were out of school. We sat down in this one room and like a think tank. And I got this notebook and we started just dotting down like ideas. I think we had about 10 different stories we were kind of jumping through and we kind of landed on Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries because we felt not only did we connect to that story the most, but we felt others could as well. So that was the one that we kind of ran with. Okay, so what what was his origins like in your kids' input for Bushy Boo? What is the name Bushy Boo? <laughs> well, the, the funny thing about the name Bushy Boo was my youngest kid, who's six right now, but he was four at the time, he used to run around the house going, Bushy, Bushy, boom, and kind of like run into everybody, kind of like head first, you know how kids do? And oh, he was like a little hammerhead? Yeah, so, <laughs> so it was like when we were talking about a name for this circus that we had thought up, you know, we were like, what about Bushy Boo? And have one of the characters be a cannonball, you know, a, a human cannonball, and he would scream, Bushy, Bushy, boom. Well, we haven't got to that character yet. He definitely will come in in a future episode, an issue. But, you know, we kind of crossed it with Scooby-Doo Mysteries and came up with Bushy Boo Circus Mysteries. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So how, what was that like working with your kids to create the project? And how big was the learning curve for you, you know, coming from that fan perspective to now stepping into a creative realm? Well, I mean, it was great. It was great working with the kids. Like I said, we sat down in a room for like, 15, 20 minutes at first every day, kind of just sitting there talking, throwing out ideas. It kind of led up to about an hour a day because we started to enjoy it so much. And we would go around the room and we would open up by talking about what we had talked about before. And then we would go into like new ideas and we would go from there just to kind of like a brainstorming session. And then whenever we actually started to uh, focus on Bushy Boo Circus, it, it kind of got into the details. Like one of my kids named about three of the characters and, and one of them was talking about, hey, let's throw a tiger in there. And I was like, since I had twins, I was like, why not twin tigers? So Ooh. it was like one step after another, after another. And it was, it was really amazing getting to sit down, having them work together and, and just watching the creative process with my kids. It, it really was one of the best things that happened. Yeah. So talk about then, you know, as it now stepping into the creative realm, building a team now to start really making this something real and physical. Well, after talking to Mike Henson, who, who gave me a lot of advice, you know, I decided that I, if I was going to make this a project that I was going to sell, I wanted to make it worth every penny that anybody was going to spend on it. And to do that, the first thing I had to do was overcome my hurdles. And me and my kids and me and my twins are all dyslexic. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to sit down and start wait writing. A, wait a minute. So you have dyslexia and you're a creator. I mean, wow, that must have been a hell of a thing to try to adjust. Yeah. To you know, originally we started talking about making it into a book. And I think we got to page 50. But the thing about it was having to go back and reread it and to fix errors. It was a constant kind of headache because all the words were jumble and we would kind of pass around the, the notebook kind of like proofreading it and there was there was a point where we decided hey why not make it a comic book because Scooby-Doo has a comic book and then I was into I think uh, Stray Dogs at the time and I was like well this is kind of 
the route we're going where there's, you know, serial killers kind of stuff and it's kind of cutesy as well. Why not make it into a comic book? So, like I was saying, you know, one of the first thing, hurdles that I wanted to get through was my dyslexia and I didn't want that to hold me back. So I went out and I found the hardest, most difficult, uh, and not difficult on me, but, you know, the person that was going to be critical of my work as an editor. You know, I went out there and I started interviewing them and a lot of, a lot of editors were like, oh, I'll fix, have it fixed within a day kind of thing. Oh, it'll be easy, no problem. And I didn't want someone who was going to be a fly-by-night kind of thing. And I'm not saying these guys were. I'm just saying they sounded like it. I, I wanted somebody who was going to be like, look, if your work is bad, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. I'm not going to fix it for you, but I'm going to make sure it gets done. And we're going to spend as long as it takes to make sure it's right. And I happen to have come across an Eisner Award winner, as a matter of fact. Wait a and, minute. I don't understand something here, though. Again, you're a newbie in this. So yes. where did you even begin to learn how to look for an editor? Like, where were you looking? Oh, it was well, all that I, secret sauce, bro. <laughs> well, I started looking on Facebook, as a matter of fact. You know, I was like, uh, whenever it comes to finding people and looking for stuff, it's it. you go on Google and start looking stuff up. And obviously, I, I, I had this one friend who was giving me advice. And he was like, you know, Google is a, a great place. There was also Deviant art and there's a few other places that I looked, but where I found him was was really Facebook groups. And you know, I started posting stuff. Hey, I'm looking for an editor, kind of help a new person out. And you know, that's whenever I started interviewing people. Of course, you know, I knew it was gonna cost a little bit and so I wasn't really worried about that aspect. I was just worried about the fact of making sure that that my story was right. Not in uh not in the perspective of you know, the words, but more like I had studied how to make a book and how to make a script for a TV show, but I didn't know how to make a script for a comic book. I didn't even know there was a thing. You know, I didn't know anything about panel flow. I didn't know anything about page turn, establishing shots. And and I got lucky finding this editor because he started teaching me everything every he was like every detail whenever it comes to to panel flow moving from one panel to another whether you're you're changing the page at a certain time those establishing shots especially on that first and last page he started teaching me the details of you know pencils inkings and colors even though i wasn't the artist he was like you're, you're gonna have to spot these things because if you're gonna hire someone you don't want to just hire anybody you're going to have to spot somebody who's good at penciling, someone who's good at inking, and someone who's good at coloring. And in my honestly, I thought it was just like one person who did it all. <laughs> but that learning curve was absolutely real. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And I had plenty of time because I had just got let go from my job. So what I would do is with, them, with my spare time is, you know, I would put on YouTube uh, how to do it stuff, and I would start reading articles and I would start looking at stuff that he would tell me to do for like a week on in. And, you know, I didn't know how to do a, a script. So he sent me like two scripts and then he's like, also go look at these guys scripts, you know, Google this and look at these scripts. And by the end of the week, I want you to come back and tell me what you've learned. And let's see if you can get your story into a script. He, he sounded like a teacher. You know, let me yeah. see what you learn because I'm going to grade your ass on this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the time I got Bushiboo Mysteries, the script written out and given to him, he was like impressed at how far I had jumped from not knowing anything to having learned all these details. But I mean, I was dedicated. Like I said, any and every penny that's spent on any of my products, I want it to be well worth your hard-earned earned money. Because me, my myself, I don't have much money for anything. <laughs> and and I always hated spending money on a comic book and then being disappointed because I could only get one or two a week. And it was a filler comic or, you know, one of these comics that really didn't move that story along. So I wanted to make sure that that there was impact in every one of my comics to to make it worth it. And okay. That, 
that see folks that's a real creator right there that actually cares about the end product yeah you know absolutely and i and i get those filler issues man i know you Nowadays, books because of four ninety nine. I don't want no filler. There better be a couple of deaths and murders and some plot movement because if not, I, I, I'm, a, I'm not going to shoot anyone out. But you know, best believe I ain't spending my money again. Well, and the main thing is there's got to be at least some plot movement, some some character development, something that really enhances it. I mean, sure you can have a, a filler story if you will, but really, if you're going to do that, you really got to throw other stuff in there. And and I felt like. There was a lot of books that were just mailing it in. You know, I hadn't really read too many independent comic books. I, I would think it would be about like 80% mainstream and like 20% independence that I had read before I got to this point. But it was like, if they're making these comic books and, and they're just making them to make them, to sell them, to look pretty. Well, I mean, why can't they put the effort in making that story matter that much to make you be moved and that was one of the things i wanted to do in every one of my comic books i wanted you to say wow at least one point at least one point in every one of my comics well guess what i know when i was at megacon thank you for your you know donation let me tell you we put massive smiles on people when they were looking through the book just their eyes and then they mouth some of them with their door like oh man like this is indie i'm like yes it is by awesome creator <laughs> So thank you for doing that. You definitely put a lot of smiles on, on, on fans at that show. I'll tell you that much, you know. And I actually want to start. I want to show the little trailer you got on the Kickstarter, and I want to sure. start getting into the, the the whole world of Bushy Boo awesome. and more that you've done. All right, so folks, check this out. It's actually pretty cool. You're gonna enjoy this. Now, that is uber cool. So a 70-page-plus Kickstarter exclusive? Yeah. Not available anywhere else, but only on this awesome Kickstarter? Only available on Kickstarter, and that's going to be those first two issues. That's going to be 65 pages of Bushy Boo mystery, circus mystery story. Then I've got an exclusive story that I'm putting in there, a short story that I did for an anthology that didn't get picked up. And I didn't want it to go to waste, and I decided to put it in this this exclusive for the first time ever. So you're going to be able to read this uh, this script, this short story that I put, and it's my first kind of jump into romance, I guess you could say. Hey, man! Wow, the rabbit got some romance. Here. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then That's some dope. concept pages. It's going to have some beautiful artwork from the cover pages, and you know gonna have a little bit of something extra as well i mean i think we last added it up to about 80 pages and right now it's on sale this week only for 13 dollars. what wait yeah. what that many pays for only 13 bucks that's it whoa it's all about six different covers because look folks check this out the project is at 69 percent of the goal with 19 days to go you know looking for for a g he has 693 so make it rain, make it rain on Pony G. Come on, come on, one and all, make it happen. So let's get into the awesome project. I mean, look at that. Mysteries issue two, you know, uh, obviously with the, this is the second part of the user introduction, you know, combining it with the first issue, you know, for uh, an amazing amount of pages. So, you know, introduce us to this world because at least in that uh, trailer, beautiful panel work, beautiful art and coloring. I, I love the whole placement of everything. Wonderful work, bro. So obviously you could tell that you put your heart into this, you know. 
Thank so you. It, so it really explain the world of, of the, the whole Bush Blue, the characters. I mean, uh, uh, these mainstay characters, yeah. constants in the story. Like, who are they? Well, the, I tell people it's really a Scooby-Doo meets Criminal Minds kind of story. And whenever I say that, it's going to follow the three uh, apprentices, including Luke and Lance, who are brothers, and Zahara, who's a, a young female lead. And I wanted her to be that strong lead that you really don't see in a female character. She's a tiger trainer. And in this introductory story, it's not only going to tell how she became a tiger trainer, but why? I mean, because if you're going to jump into a cage with a tiger, you're definitely going to have an interesting story to tell. Yeah. But For me, then, it must be batshit crazy because I ain't right. no cage and no animals like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, but she's like a 20-year-old and she was an orphan whenever she found the, the circus and, and it just kind of all came together for her. This was her, her home and she was looking for a family and this is where she decided to be. Then you got Luke and Lance and Lance is actually uh, the older brother of the two brothers and he's ringmaster for the first time. So, so out of that, who, which one is Luke and which one is Lance? Right? These are the Luke guys has there, the glasses right? and Lance okay. is the one without the glasses. Okay. Yeah. And does she really walk around the tigers loose like this? Yeah. And it, it kind of jokes stuff. around about them being in a police station as well. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you got these these two young men and this beautiful young girl. And if you got two young men and a beautiful girl, there's hundreds of stories that you can tell. But it really is about the mysteries. And if you can solve it before they can. Uh, so is it written that way for us to kind of start figuring things out? Are you throwing us for a loop with these no, stories? Actually, actually, that's what I wanted to do. Kind of like give you that first issue to leave you thinking about what can happen on those last few pages. It gives you those six suspects. And that's really one of the things I wanted to do. I was a big fan of like Perry Mason and stuff. And they would throw in a, a suspect at the very last moment that you hadn't seen throughout. And it's like, well, I couldn't guess that. But in my stories, I'm going to have that suspect in there for you to guess before it actually gets to that ending. And that's what, one of the main things that I wanted to do with my story. So with this introductory issue, I, I put it into two different parts, mainly because I wanted to introduce you to the characters, but also to give you that feel of, yes, in the future issues, I'm going to show you that there is a suspect at the first few pages, and then you're going to find out later on. Oh, dope. And who are these characters? I mean, look at this gorilla, which we saw in one of the variant covers in, yeah. in the trailer. So who are these guys over here? Well... My my Indian guy right here, he's he's kind of like my Punisher, sharpshooting, trickster kind of guy, and he's new in issue two, and he kind of just tranquilized one of the, the gorillas that kind of got loose and torments one of the suspects at, whenever she came to the, the circus looking for some answers. All right, Julia, and who's, the, who's this professor-looking guy over here? Well, and this is another one of the suspects, and he's telling his side of the story, and this is kind of a flashback about when him and, and the person who got into the danger in the first issue were kind of younger and how he knew the parents of Luke and Lance at the time. Okay, interesting, interesting. I'm digging it. And there it goes, folks. Look at that. So, uh, wow, look at these colors. Holy smokes. Fire. So this is the main, right? That's my main cover by Lauren, uh, Lauren Gibson. Yeah, she is a, an amazing artist. She does uh, this version of dark art, and it's beautiful, and I thought it felt it would add to to pull those pictures and characters off that page, just jump out at you. They're definitely jumping, let me tell you. So they go the one with the gorilla. I mean, wow. It looks like a gorilla you don't want to mess with. <laughs> right, right. And, and he's kind of out there just, like, dominating in the whole, the whole thing of that, that cover, right? Absolutely. And what about this? This is cool. Very nice looking. Laura Miller, Very precious she, moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of, one of the things I wanted to do was do six covers dedicated to my six kids. And with oh. my youngest, I wanted to have something that was a little bit more cutesy on the other side. And with hers, it's she does a lot of pixel art. And whenever I saw her pixel art, I, th I was like, that's kind of cute. So I wanted to have that for a cover. And it, she did a great job showing her version of Zahara with those two little tigers. Did your kids have a vote on these awesome variants, or was that all daddy's decision? No, that was daddy's decision, yeah. <laughs> 
and, and what about this one right here? Very nice, nicely done. I, yes. I love the emotion of the character and, all, and the eyes. The eyes say a story for sure. Now, having said that, that is Michael Henson right there. That's that artist that I told you that I talked to, and he had oh, given wow. me so much. He, I had asked him to do a cover because I, I, I just wanted him at least on one cover of my book. And I was I was just honored that he did his version of Zahara right there, and it is beautiful. Digging it and look at this. Uh, I'm a big fan of black and white art. Look at this. Yeah, now that's actually got color to it. It was just uh, brought that way because it hadn't got finished by the interior artists. Okay. While they were working on the interior, they're doing their version of a cover as well. And I thought they did an amazing job. I think you need to do variant number seven and make it black and white. That looks right? fire. <laughs> and this, and this, this is for ladies uh, that are fans of Chippendales and, and some gentlemen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let me explain this one right here. I wanted to do a version of uh, kind of my take or a homage of, of Bo Nose. If you knew Bo Jackson back in the time, oh was, my God, he yeah. had that big, <laughs> big campaign with Nike about Bo Nose, and he would hold that yeah. bat above Bono his no shoulder. Duty. Yeah, <laughs> and he had with those football th- pads. So I wanted to do my version of that. Now it has been been called the Magic Mike of covers, if you will, <laughs> but it really was that homage to Bo Nose with him holding that bat and just kind of hanging onto it behind his head. Looking at the covers, if you think, damn, I gotta start working out, man. Shit. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So you know, let's start looking at these tiers too, because you know, very reasonable tiers. Thank you know, you. for sure. Uh, you really are thinking about the fan. Yes. I, I feel so. Let, let's let, let's break it down. So obviously, it's always that pledge without a reward. So if you just want to go ahead and pitch in, because you believe in an independent artist like Paul right here, you know, do that. You know, spend that ten those ten dollars. You know what I mean? It's because it speaks to you, as he says there. We can start getting a digital PDF, standard edition of the book for three bucks. Right. Very nice. So is it this particular cover we get? Do they get to pick a cover or no? Well, with the, the digital cover, uh, digital PDFs, I usually include all the covers on Oh, nice. Okay. You. What? What? And then here we go. It's just our uh, standard edition of the book. So what's, is it digital and a print or what? What's here? What's uh, this it? is the, the digital digital edition of issue one and issue two. So for $6, oh, you yes. get both of those digital PDFs. That's a deal. I mean, that comes up to, what, three bucks, uh, again, uh, a, right. a book. And, again, go to a local comic shop now. You're easily paying $5 for right. a book. So great deal. A great deal once more. Then you got uh what ooh oh what you telling me I'm getting all four for eight bucks bro all four for eight dollars that's gonna be every one of the books that I've written so far you're gonna get all four of those digital PDFs for eight dollars wow I mean not even comicsology be doing sales like these yo right. that's two dollars a pop folks you hear that awesome deal awesome deal again and all right so now we're getting into physicals yes and digital and your name on the book. Yes. And any stretch coat, dude, yeah. for eight dollars. For eight dollars, wow, I to figure out this pricing, man. Shit, well, you really are caring about the fan. And and like I said, you know, I I don't really have that much money myself. And whenever I was younger, I didn't have that much money. For eight dollars, you're gonna get that physical book. You're gonna get the the PDF, the digital version of that book. You're gonna get your name in the book, but you're also gonna get the stretch goals whenever we put them out there. And so, depending on how far those stretch goals are gonna go, it's gonna depend on how many, much more you're gonna get in there. I did want to keep one at affordable, and that first cover, my A cover, is eight dollars. That's not bad. And then you got the B cover, that's ten. The name, everything is, is as the other cover, very, very dope, dope. So the rest of the variants are about so going to be about ten bucks, right? About ten dollars, yes. And again, including the digital PDFs, folks. All right, and your name in the book too. That way, you got some swag to show your friends and be like, "Yo, look, look, look." <laughs> yeah, wonderful. My name's in a comic book. Look at that! Look at that! And, and again, for you, the fans of this, you got you got that joint too. You can put that up on the wall. <laughs> Whoa! For twelve bucks, I'm getting physicals. You, for $12, you're going to get those physical A-cover comics. Now, here's the thing. With the A-covers, like I said, I want to try to keep them affordable for everybody because not everybody can afford those higher prices. But if you wanted that complete story, that 65-page story right here, you get them both for $12. You get the digital PDF of issue two. You get your name in the book. And, again, all those stretch goals, if we get to them as far as we get, we'll de- 
determined on how many you can get as well. And again, I mean, that's a lot of pages. If you go to a Barnes and Nobles or your local, local comic shop, that's the size of a graphic novel. Yeah. And you're not getting any graphic novel for 12 bucks unless they're having a half price sale. You know what I mean? Right. Very wild, yo. All right, I'm, you're, you're, I'm about to make it rain. Oh, and here we go, because it's his birthday week, folks. And on this right. birthday week, you have a kick-ass sale going on for war with the Kickstarter exclusive. That's Talk about this, kiddo. This is issue one and two. Again, that's 65 pages of pure Bushy Boo circus mystery stories. 65 pages, and then after that, you're going to get two pages featuring all 12 covers. So those covers are going to be inside for you to kind of see and, and enjoy that art. But then after that, you're going to get that exclusive story that I have not released anywhere, which is called Cherry Blossom. It was a romantic story that I originally was just going to put up and put in the back, but I had a few of my friends read it, and they loved it. One of the girls actually cried at the end of it, and I was like, I'm going to put it on that Kickstarter exclusive and see if other people like it as well. Hey, listen, I enroll at Romance because the king himself, you know, started, you know, kind of in that side of the whole romance genre along with the other legends back in the day. So, And and it's time. It's time. We need to have some love in the books too, bro. (laughs) Yeah, and, and like I said, you know, me starting out as a creator, I definitely wanted to put my genre and my my range out there for people to see so i definitely wanted to throw that out there after i had wrote and after i had gotten such a, a positive response from the, the few people that had read it and on this this right here this kickstarter exclusive again this is going to be limited to how many ever i sell in, on kickstarter there are going to be about five extra that are going to be printed one that i'm going to keep obviously and one that i'm going to give to gifts of, of some of the, the fellow creators, but it's going to be limited to the Kickstarter order. So if there's five of them ordered, I'm probably only going to print 10, one for me and a few of my friends. And then it's just going to be those 10 that are going to ever be made. It's and an I'm, awesome. I'm, I see it. Cause right here, this is what I'm about to ask you. you something, you're going to sign it. And what do you mean a special letter? Hey, I, that's dope. I, I am. I'm going to write a special letter to everyone who buys this. And it's just going to be specifically for those people who buy this exclusive. And then I am going to sign each and every copy for them to make sure that they get it. All right. I think that's a great idea. And I'm digging it. And is this how the cover's going to look? It's black like yeah. this? And yes. and I will have my signature somewhere in the middle of there. Awesome. Whoa. I mean, you never know. I might decide to do a remark or something. I've been practicing drawing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive stuff there, folks. I'm telling you. Check it out. Oh, whoa. My homie is going 90s. A yeah. foil copy? Yeah. Love How does that come foil. up in your idea? Well, it, I mean, it, it, those foil covers, they, they look beautiful and shiny. And, and with Lauren Gibson's uh, cover, I figured that that's going to just pop out off that page a little bit more. So uh, we wanted to put that here on, on this Kickstarter for $20. And I think that's a great price for that cover being foil. Yeah, I mean, four covers are like comic book bling. Man. Hell yeah, for 20 bucks, yeah, that's the cheapest bling you could probably buy. <laughs> and then, are you doing this for several of the covers? No. I'm doing it for both my, my first a, a issue and B cover, just nice. for those two right there. So, and I so. think those are going to look great. And that's a and, Kickstarter exclusive without the sale, $26. Gotcha. So, folks, you remember, look, you better kick in this week and kick in now, all right? Because you have up to the 14th, all right, to get this one at that $13 price point. So don't don't, don't mess around, folks. Get it done. Get it done. Otherwise, it's going to be 26 huh? Still worth it. But uh, right. jump on that sale, yo. Show the love. Absolutely. Ooh, 35 for both? Ooh. Yeah, so my foil covers are $20 a piece. But if you decided to get both, I'm going to drop off $5. That's going to be $35. Now, again, with, with these foil covers, you're still getting the PDF of this comic. You're still getting your name in there. And you're still getting any and all those stretch goals that we get to. And what I'm digging here, this is, is, which is very cool, you're limiting this to 30. Yeah. So, again, total exclusive, 30 people in the world will have this. All right? So... Again, if, if you are a collector and you love this exclusivity, there, I, I, it's right there. It's wonderful. There we go. Again. Dope, dope, dope. Oh, wow. For all six covers? 
All six covers, $45. Now, you did notice that most of those covers were $10 a piece, with the exception yeah. of the cover A being $8. If you added that up, that would be $58. So we're going to drop that down to $45 and give you all those covers. Again, with those digital digital copy and name in there and all the stretch goals that we get. Yeah, that's a $13 break, son. That's great. Absolutely great. I, I, no comic shop would take care of you like that. Oh my God! Oh, what is this? What is this? Ooh. It's gonna be eighty-five dollars, and that's gonna be for issue one and two with all covers right there. That's gonna so be both comics, all the, covers of both. All comics, both co- all covers of both comics. So that's twelve, wow. twelve covers. Now we have some great artists in there. Again, all the ones that we mentioned in here, including Mike Henson, Gabriel Magnum, and you know Laura Gibson. But also on that that issue one, I had William Russell, I had Ariel Diaz, DJ Hall, I had so many artists, and you're gonna get all twelve covers of issue one and two. How did you even present this to the artist? It seems you had a wonderful response working with so many talented people. Man, it was great. So uh, you know, I I was learning a lot about cover art and cover design, and and we were throwing ideas back and forth and. Creating six covers for that issue one, it was an experience that I loved. And again, like I said, I was dedicating each cover to one of my kids. And so whenever I was telling these artists what I was looking for for each of these issues, they just knocked it out of the park. And I enjoyed the experience of learning to communicate with the artists because that's one of the things as a creator that's not an artist that you kind of got to do is figure out how to communicate with them and work with them. And they've all been so amazing, amazing to work with. Uh, man, you're blessed, kiddo. It, it is great. Oh, I was going to ask, and I'm happy you did that. The retail is special. So we got to get this ourselves. Yeah. So how, how did you come up with this idea, and why do you, you know, why in this way? Well, uh, I, you know, whenever I was doing research in my first uh, few Kickstarters, I started looking at other Kickstarters, saw their retail st- specials, and I kind of wanted to work mine a little bit cheaper than they had theirs because I felt it was a little bit better to get it out on the shelves. I have four four retail specials, and this is that first one. This is going to be 10 copies of issue two. 10 copies of issue two. For 65. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a great deal. Hey, shops, you better be listening in. <laughs> then a double. Ooh. And this is going to be 20 copies of issue two. Okay. 20 copies. So this next, next retail sh- tier is going to be issue one and two, and this is going to be ten copies. That's five and five. And this is uh, 20 copies. That's ten of issue one and ten of issue two for 120. And, and what, what, what would be the retail, you know, cost? You know, like if someone is going to go to the shop and pick these up, or is that going to be left up to the shop owner? Well, uh, we do have a, a, a barcode on, on them, and I believe they're, they're at six dollars a piece oh wow okay oh that's a deal then now we do tell the 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 shop owners again with my my covered a's i usually keep them at an affordable rate but usually on my variant covers they are at ten dollars a piece whenever i go to you know cons or sales or, or book signings or whatnot and so it's really up to them Oh, if the people interested in getting their brand out there. Wow. Okay, I want to say this. This is the first time I've seen this. Well, I have not seen half-page ad offers on any Kickstarter prior. Yeah, to you know, that's actually where I found it. Again, whenever I was looking at on other Kickstarters doing my research, I did see a half-page ad, and I saw a full-page ad. So we wanted to make sure that we were doing both. We, we offered them in a few of our previous ones and got a great response, especially in the last campaign. So and but, they don't need to be artists or designers because apparently, for one, I'm reading there, you know, the, the wonderful people over at Charter Commons could even help. Yes. You know, for, for an extra little fee, of course, help them design an ad that fits. That is dope. Great idea, man. Yes. I am digging it. All righty. And then we got full page. Full and look page. how it would look, folks. Look how sexy that would look. Ah, I'm digging that. Beautiful, beautiful pages. Yes, it is. And, you know, oh. I tell people whenever I, whenever it comes to the ads, it's like my first comic did sell it quite a bit. It sold over a 1,000 within the first three months. 
my second comic didn't sell as much, but this is Bushibu one, and and we're we're pushing that with Bushibu two, so we're hoping to meet those same numbers. And you know, whenever it comes to ads, if you get them out there and sold, I I am in twenty five of twenty eight DFW bookstores, so. I let people know that whenever they're placing ads in my comments. Oh, wow. You are. Congrats. That's a cool data. That's you. awesome, bro. Yeah, you know, it was really uh, just meeting the store owners, talking to them, finding out what they wanted. Sometimes I had to go back two or three times, but it really was worth it to me because I wanted to be out there, especially in my community, having my, my books in, you know, the LCSs because to me, it's where, the LCS is where it starts, you know. It's it's where I first found my comics. I know most of my friends for, found, first found their comics in LCSs, so I I definitely wanted to be in in my LCSs around here. That's amazing. And what's this? A meet and greet? What's going on here? So, so I I wanted to put a a tier out there that was a little bit special, I guess you could say. I did whenever I was doing research. It said put a high price tier and and give something of great value. Well, I'm not an artist, so I can't exactly give you original art. But what I can do for for this price, I can actually go hop on a bus, hop on a train, swim, hike, you know, hitchhike to wherever you're at, meet you in your hometown, bring every copy of every book that I have, sign them right in front of you, give them to you as a present, sit down and talk about not only how I became a, a comic creator, but if you have any questions about being a comic creator yourself, I'd be glad to answer them. I'm glad to talk about the stories that I've written. If you've read them and if you want to talk, of course, this will come with a digital PDF of all my, my books. So it's like you'll have that before meeting me. And there it is. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I, I like that idea. Hell yeah, bro. I mean, then, you know, special delivery. Who needs FedEx when you got Foley cheese? That's right. <laughs> I'm digging it. And, and okay, that's the whole creative team. Excellent. You got Brian Ascuda, pencil and ink, Gabriel Roldan, colorist, McLean McGuire, letters and design. Chuck. Oh, I know Chuck. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, I know Chuck. Yes. Uh, awesome. That's great, kiddo. This, this is amazing. You, you have a wonderful offer here, a, a beautiful looking book. I mean, and again, I want to uh, kind of touch base, you know, really quick before, you know, we, we finish the show, because in one of the packages you offer, the PTSD encrypted case, can yes. you give us a little bit of information about those two books, you know, um, and what they're about? Sure. You know, uh, PTSD was my first book that I put out, and it really was a passion project of mine. You know, I, I wanted to talk about mental illness and awareness in a unique way that, that kind of would bring up the yeah. conversation. And whenever I found this artist, uh, Sam Espina, wow. you, you could see his, his unique paneling is something that yes. you just don't see every day. But also the way he could change the tempo of a page with his color palettes. So he was a really unique artist that I really wanted to capture this story with. Look how beautiful that book is. And, and so the thing about PTSD is it, I tell people it's a, a bit harder of a story. It's kind of like a... A hard knocks kind of story, but something that you had to get out there to kind of get that conversation going, because that isn't an easy conversation to get with just about anyone. And that was my first book that we put out, PTSD, and it's 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 been amazing uh, a ride with that. My my uh, last book that I put out, which was a uh, Cryptic Case, it really was a uh, uh, homage Ooh. to Batman's Ooh. The Killing Joke. I mean, look, oh, wow. Look, I you mean, see that coloring and art, folks? Yeah. It's gorgeous. I mean, see? it was it was a, a story that, that that really was a, was like, like I said, Batman's a killing joke where if you're pushed to that, that vulnerable position at that edge, could somebody change in a day? In this book, he's he's really dealing with uh, the tragic heartache and, and gets offered this... Uh, amazing gift of mind control and what's he going to do with it you know is he going to do good is he going to do bad what are going to be the results i tell people it's my version of the monkey's paw and kind of how that kind of goes along but it's really my my thrill ride of a story i'm digging and i'm digging so what if some people were interested in getting you know those titles now where would they go 
Well, they're going to be on added on to the to Kickstarter. If you want to buy uh, one of the issues of Bushy Boo Circus Mystery Two and get that as an added on, of course you're going to have that in that PDF for eight dollars. That package of all four. But of course you can also go to CharterComics.com and not only get my books but every one of the the books from the publisher of Charter Comics. Very nice, very nice charter comics and yeah, salute. Uh, I like that. And independent publisher making sure that independent creators again out there noticing beautiful books, brother. Amazing. So I think you kind of touched on this, you know, very briefly about yeah. conventions. So I always got to know are you going to be doing any conventions where people could meet you personally? Yeah, uh, as a matter of fact, I am. I'm scheduled for three until the end of the year. I think I'm going to be at Hub City Comic Con in about two weeks. That's going to be in uh, Lubbock, Texas. I'm going to be in uh, uh, here in Fort Worth for Cowtown Comic Con. That's going to be in October. Cowtown? Cowtown, yeah, Cowtown. <laughs> and then I'm going to be in Abilene, which was my first Comic Con ever, and I'm going back there for the second time. This That's going to be in November, I believe. How's the foot traffic? I mean, I, you know, I, you're talking to guys from New York and you know, I've been northeast and, and in Florida. How, how, what's the scene like in Texas? Well, I mean, it was it was a little bit slower uh, about a year ago, but everything's been picking up. I mean, the, this past three or four months, I mean, it's been amazing. The the fans have been coming out. Ours have been filling up. I went to Dallas Fan Expo and it was it was so packed it was huge all the all the stars that came out it was a great experience and and i loved it i'm hoping that that these next cons are going to kind of be the same way because like i said the first few cons they were kind of a little bit on that edge where everybody was still kind of worried about getting yeah, they're scared they was scared yeah I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i love the cons i, I that's I think the best part is meeting the people, talking to them. You know, I, I had this woman at my last con. She came up to the table while I was talking to this gentleman. She's like, oh, my God, you're Paul Gomez. You've written the best comic book ever. And I remember this gentleman Aww. I was talking to, his eyes kind of lit up. And he's like, well, I'll buy every one of your comics. Oh, well, did you give a commission? That was perfect timing, right? You know, I, she she bought another one of my comics because she hadn't read Cryptic Haze, and she, you know, I made sure to give her a special discount. But yeah, it was, you know, meeting these customers, these fans, these 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 people who are like me, who are fans of comics. That's the best part. Yeah, I can't imagine the smile and pride you must have felt in that instant. Like, wow, you know, thank you for appreciating me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would have never thought, you know, and it, it still boggles my mind whenever anyone asks me for an autograph or, or comes up to me and says that they love my comic, and it's like, you know, I, I just appreciate it every time. Did you cry the first time? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, let me tell you, the the first story that, that I ever had of a customer coming back was at that Abilene Comic-Con. He bought my book one day, and he was like, PTSD, I'm going to be critical about it, and you'll hear about it. I'm like, okay, I understand. And he came back the very next day, and he was like, you know, I only bought a ticket to this Comic-Con for Friday. And I was, I kind of was like, jokingly, I was like, I think they look down on that if you don't have a ticket for Saturday because he was there on the second <laughs> He was like, no, you don't understand. I read your book, and it moved me to the point that me and my wife had a conversation that needed to be had. Oh, and wow. after that, he was like, I held her, and I knew I had to come back today and shake your hand. And oh, that, was, wow. that was after my first Comic-Con. So it was like, I mean, I was just shocked that that anybody would be moved by anything I wrote. Oh, man. Yo, that gives me goosebumps right now. I'm so, I, I, I see you. You kind of almost get any emotion. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful thing. So you, yeah. you got to keep moving, brother. Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Because if you're affecting people in that way with your storytelling and building such wonderful teams to create such a beautiful product, bro. Yeah. Just kudos on flowers time, bro. Flowers, Thank brother. You. Don't you ever give up on this. You know what I mean? You continue doing what you're doing, man. Again, making people feel any emotion through your work, brother, then that means you have a very, very special talent. 
you know, you keep going and make them kids proud, you know. I mean, I know I'm going to see one of these things show up as a cartoon or a movie somewhere, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's yeah. manifest, it's manifestation time. Let's make it happen. If you, if this could be, if any one of your stories could be on a different type of platform, which story would you want it, want to be seen differently and what type, you know, a movie, animation, a drama, what? I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about this. I've never really aimed for that. I, I just wanted to have something like a little extra income to feed my kids. So I, I never really, you know, I never thought of it. I, I guess it would be Bushy Boo because it's going to be a 12 issue series where, Ooh. you know, PTSD was one and Cryptic Haze is going to be three issues. But I've also got my upcoming project that's that I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be ongoing or just, you know, a short issue run kind of thing. And that that next project is pretty big. Pretty big. Uh oh, uh oh, don't do it. We're going to have you back on so we can <laughs> help and talk about that one because again, uh, you're, you're building an, an amazing fan base. Thank so you. last question before you go today, sure. brother. What type of advice would you give to anyone else also trying to step into the game? Oh, you know, the the one thing I tell everybody is do your due diligence, do your work. You know, I, I didn't just start writing. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that I was doing it right whenever I was learning how to, to write a script for a comic because it's a different world than anything else. I, I wanted to make sure that I had a great editor because one of my weaknesses was that if if you have – uh, a passion to do something, do it right, study, learn. There's tons of, of tools out there, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Google, learn that stuff. That's that's the best advice I can give you. That Begin to master your craft. Begin to master your craft. And be steadfast and hold on. You're about to go in for a hell of a ride, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. That, I'm digging it, Paul. Thank you so much for your time today to let us know about the greatness of, of Bushy Boo. I mean, that just rolls off the tongue. So that could be a hip hop song too. Right. You better write a hip hop track to Bushy Boo. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> All right? It's you gonna be it. dope. This is what we need you guys to do. First, connect. Connect with Paul. See, check out the awesomeness of Paul on Facebook and Twitter at Paul Gomez seven nine zero. Again, Paul Gomez with a Z seven nine zero. All right. And of course, go head over to Kickstarter right now. The link is also below in the notes, all right? So, you know, copy, paste, click away, you know, and visit that Kickstarter for Bushy Boo Circus. You know what I mean? What, hit that, that deal this week. You know, be smart. You know, I, I want him to get all the money he could make, but that's a sweet deal. So I think that's you guys great. better not miss out, for real. All right, and of course, if, if you know, if you want to pick up and check out the PTSD and, and Cryptic Age, make sure to also, you know, check out Charter Comics, not just for Paul's awesome books, with the rest of the amazing creators on that specific platform. And, of course, you know what to do, guys, right? It's ComicCrusaders.com, UndercoverCaves.com. Check out the rest of the family. You can check out Paulie G with my big big homie, Dodgy, and, and, and Manny on uh, Think Indie and on Sundercast, all right? You know, so stay tuned, kids, because we celebrate independent in this mother, all right? And with that, I'm your boy, Al Mega, with the amazing Paul Gomez. And with that, hasta la próxima. Wepa! Later! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 